Something in the House Part 1 The Man Autumn was his favorite time of year. He loved the smell of cinnamon and apple cider. The sensation of cool, fresh air on the skin. As well as the sound of crisp and brittle leaves tickling the ground below them. Alan Maynard loved it all. Especially Halloween. He liked knowing that scary movies would be played on TV. That people would be dressed up in ridiculous costumes. And that spooky happenings would be commonplace. It wasn't that Alan was a morbid or dark person. He just didn't like surprises. He took comfort in knowing what to expect. Alan was a simple man. He lived by himself and had a small handful of friends. He enjoyed reading books, watching movies, and playing video games. He tended to take interest in things he could do alone. Usually men his age enjoyed going out on weekends, socializing, dating, and things of that nature. But not Alan. The prospect of being in undesirable situations and dealing with the unexpected was enough to keep him at home, in his comfort zone. However, this October would be a stressful one for Alan, as his comfort zone would have to change. He was moving to a new house. The owner of his current home, Alan's landlord, was selling it to a couple who would be moving in before the new year. An event Alan had no control over, therefore made him very upset and anxious. Alan himself knew he had a peculiar psychological condition. Although undiagnosed, Alan suspected he had some form of OCD or acute anxiety. Surprises and uncertainty frightened him greatly, and he did everything he could to avoid them. Fortunately for Alan, he found a new place to live. One he deemed better, because it was bigger and closer to the accounting firm where he worked. The new route he would take to his office would involve roads with less traffic, which was a breath of fresh air to a man like Alan. Still, the prospect of moving all his things from one place to another proved stressful enough that Alan couldn't concentrate on anything else. He worried day and night about all the things that could go wrong. The movers breaking or misplacing his belongings, not being able to find a suitable location for items like his aquarium along with any unforeseen kinks or elements of the new house. The troublesome fear that bubbled inside Alan was exacerbated by this unwanted situation, and although Alan knew this ancient fear would never completely go away, he had to do his best to keep it under control. Part 2 the move. The big day finally came, and Alan organized all his things into specifically labeled boxes for the movers. 
They started with the big things like furniture and his TV, which were placed gently in the truck without being damaged. This was a huge relief for Alan, as one of the more stressful parts of the move was over. The movers went on to bring out box upon box of Alan's other things, like his books, clothes, and electronics, until finally all that was left were his boxes of fragile belongings. When Alan saw one of the movers pick up the box containing his aquarium, his heart sank. Alan walked briskly to the mover and reminded him to be careful with that box, to which the mover said he would and assured Alan not to worry. But Alan did worry. He always did worry. When they arrived at the house, the movers brought everything inside and did not forget or misplace anything. Alan could now breathe knowing the hardest part of the day was over. Now it was time to unpack and make his new home, his new safe zone. Alan walked around the house and inspected it once again. The first time he was shown the house, Alan didn't find anything of concern. But this time, a few things immediately stuck out. Small gaps in the molding made his mind jump immediately to what pests might be able to slip through them. Ants, roaches, spiders, mice. All kinds of unwanted visitors could potentially make their way into his home. Alan decided to fill up the gaps with caulk and place mouse traps anywhere he could to prevent them from getting in the walls. The next type of unwanted visitor Alan had to prepare for was that of the humankind. He checked the locks on all of the doors, which seemed sturdy and functional. But the windows, to his dissatisfaction, were functional, but not sturdy. Most of them locked loosely, and someone with the right equipment could stick something through the gap and unlock the window from the outside. This would simply not suffice, and he would have to get the windows replaced as soon as possible. The final source of concern came in the form of a ceiling hatch on the second floor. This hatch was a small square in the ceiling of the hallway. When pushed lightly, the square board would detach from the ceiling frame, revealing an opening to a small attic crawl space. This small space was lined with wood beams supporting the roof. It had no windows and contained nothing. Alan had no reason to fear this attic crawl space, seeing as there was nothing inside. But the idea of an unsecure opening leading to the hallway outside his bedroom unsettled Alan to a terrifying degree. Alan decided to implement a makeshift alarm system for the ceiling hatch by tying a small bell to a string and placing the string between the hatchway frame and the hatch board. This way, if the board was tampered with anyhow, the bell would ring. And if the board was removed, the bell would fall to the floor. This would have to do for now, as Alan needed to finish unpacking his things downstairs. After arranging the furniture, 
setting up the TV, and putting away his books, clothes, and other belongings, it was time to move on to the fragile items. Alan was relieved to find all his plates and glasses intact, but when he unboxed the aquarium, his fear and anxiety was confirmed. Across the front panel of the tank was a large crack that ran from the bottom left to the top right corner. Alan knew for a fact that the crack was not there when he packed the aquarium. When could this have happened, Alan thought? When the mover was handling the box? On the ride over? Did they break it on purpose for a laugh? Alan's mind was spinning out of control with all the possibilities. His heart raced at an uncontrollable tempo, until he finally decided to throw the aquarium out and get a new one. He feared this event may be a bad omen for his life in the new house, but only time would tell if Alan would be able to settle in properly and keep his everlasting fear at bay. Part 3 The House The first few days in the new house were rough for Alan. He checked the walls incessantly for gaps, cracks, and openings to fill. He listened intently for any signs of life within them and did everything possible to eliminate any unwanted pests in the house. He sprayed every room with raid. He littered the basement with mouse traps, and put a few behind the fridge and in the pantry. Alan could not properly relax until he was confident there were no critters in the house. The first few nights were sleepless for Alan as well. Knowing the windows were not properly equipped to keep out the most skilled of home invaders haunted him, and the possibility of hearing that bell in the dead of the night was nearly enough to drive him mad. For that sound was the thing that Alan dreaded most. Among the insects, vermin, burglars, and psychopathic intruders was an answer, or mode of protection. But for the thing most likely to ring that bell, a supernatural entity, there was no proper response or manner of prevention. Alan would be at the mercy of whatever was before him, with no control or influence over his fate. After the weekend, some contractors came to the house and replaced the windows. The sturdy, airtight seal of the locks gave Alan intense comfort. In the following weeks, Alan experienced no evidence of rodent or insect infestation in the house. His anxiety toward the dreaded creepy crawlies living alongside him began to disappear. And as the months went by, Alan heard nothing from the bell attached to the ceiling hatch in the hallway. His mind started to ease about the likelihood of the house being haunted. And the more time passed, the less it seemed Alan would ever have to hear that silly little bell. Before long, two years had passed since Alan moved in. His time in the house had gone without incident, and thus became his beloved comfort zone. 
his commute to work was much more enjoyable. And returning to a place where he could truly relax after a long day at the office was something Alan cherished greatly. He had the occasional friends over to play board games on the weekend, but other than that, life continued as usual for Alan, and his mind was at ease. Part 4 The Night Another Saturday night came to a close, as Alan saw his two friends out the front door. He watched from the window as they got into their cars and drove off. It was a very pleasant night, which saw Alan win two out of the three board games they played. Alan wasn't quite tired enough to go to bed, so he decided to crack another beer and watch TV. There was a Friday the 13th marathon playing in honor of the Halloween season and Alan watched on as Jason easily slaughtered a handful of helpless teens. His eyes began to feel heavy as he slowly dozed off to the shrieks and screams of Jason's poor victims. Alan was suddenly awakened by a loud noise and bright light from the TV. He saw that it was a completely different Friday the 13th movie on the screen, and the time on his cell phone read 3.06. Alan thought it best to move over to the bedroom, so he turned off the TV and went upstairs. In bed, Alan found it difficult to fall asleep right away. Every time he started to drift away, a loud gust of wind would startle him from outside. It was an unusually windy night, and the howls outside sounded like distant voices, crooning and calling some unknown name. Alan's body began to tense, as the sounds from outside began to stimulate his mind. Just when he thought it ridiculous to be feeling this way, a tapping sound presented itself from the window. Fear struck Alan's chest, as he never heard this noise from any of the windows before. Could it be a branch, he thought? No. The tree in the backyard was too far away. Perhaps a bird. No, it was a bit too quiet. Almost like a person fiddling with the window while trying to be discreet. So an intruder then but this was the second floor. As the thoughts raced away through Alan's head, another noise entered the room. A faint scratching coming from inside the walls. Alan's heart started beating at an uncontrollable rate. What started as a couple of noises with hypothetical explanations had now changed into a presence Alan could feel. The scratching was not random or sporadic like the other noises. It was coming from a living, 
thinking creature. Alan's ears were heating up, and beads of sweat rolled down his forehead. He couldn't believe what was happening. Why now? And just then... No. It couldn't be. That dreaded little bell. This was the first and only time Alan had ever heard the bell in his house. All of the safety and security Alan felt from his home was shattered in an instant. What could have moved the bell? A draft from outside? Something in the ceiling? Perhaps a cat or some animal moving around in the attic? Or worse, a human intruder looking to do Alan harm. Alan had a loaded revolver in his bedside table. And in that moment, he decided if the bedroom door opened, he would have to pull it on whoever, or whatever, was on the other side. This was all too much for Alan, as the sounds and stimulants began to intensify. The howling wind outside grew more aggressive, as did the tapping on the window. The scratching in the walls moved closer and was right next to Alan's ear. He pulled the covers tightly over his head and clenched his eyes shut. Again, that bell. This was no coincidence. Something was terribly wrong, and there was nothing Alan could do. Paralyzed with fear, Alan dare not move or attempt to take control of the situation. All he could do was wait and reach for his gun if something entered the room. But what if the intruder was not one to be affected by mortal weapons? What if it viewed Alan as the intruder? The possibilities brought crippling fright. He lay in bed for the rest of the night, sweating profusely and white-knuckling the covers. After hours and hours of terror and internal crisis, the wind died down and the sun began to shine. The morning had come and Alan had survived the night. Part 5. The Morning At some point, Alan gathered the courage to finally get out of bed and inspect the house. He felt confident there were no burglars about, and much less fearful in the light of day. He started with the window, and pulled it up to stick his head outside. The autumn air was surprisingly cold. And when he looked to the right, he saw the branch of the tree unusually close to the window. With his eyes, Alan followed the branch to where it met the trunk, and saw a split where the two were attached, allowing the leafless branch to lean closer to the window. Alan reached out with his hand. When he pulled the branch closer, it touched the window above his head and recreated the tapping noise he heard the night before. Alan exhaled a sigh of relief 
as the tapping sound from the window was explained. Now to investigate the scratching inside the walls. Alan walked out of the bedroom and down the stairs without looking down the hall. He checked the mouse traps in the kitchen and the pantry to find nothing. Moving down into the basement, he found two dead mice in the traps he had set by the furnace. These were new mice, and a small hole in the ceiling revealed how they and their friends may have gotten into the walls. The temperature outside had dropped a considerable amount, and it made sense for small outdoor animals to be seeking refuge this time of year. This conclusion was good enough for Alan as to what was making the scratching noise. Currents of calm and relaxation ran through him, for his findings shed much-needed light on the events of the past night. Alan began to believe his fear was irrational, and that his wild thoughts were just a product of an overactive imagination. The tension in his body eased, knowing each occurrence had a logical explanation. The only thing left to explain was the bell on the attic hatchway. Positive that the bell in the hallway was tickled by draft, or moved by some other obvious force, Alan walked casually up the stairs. When he turned the corner to peer down the hallway, shock and dismay met him quickly. With eyes wide and mouth ajar at the sight before him, Alan discovered the tiny bell laying on the hallway floor. He looked up to see its purpose for being there. And indeed, the force that moved the bell was obvious. Sitting in the hatchway frame, where the board was supposed to be, was nothing. Just an empty, gaping hole, leading directly into the attic. A perfect square of black, in Alan's imperfect home. Infinite darkness confronted Alan, through a little black box in his ceiling making him feel completely vulnerable and naked where he stood. The currents of calm which ran through Alan's body soon converged into a vortex of anguish. Unsure of what to do or how to act, he began searching timidly for the hatchway board. It was not anywhere to be found. Not in the hallway, not in any of the rooms, not even in the attic itself. Alan was at a loss. He could not say for sure how or why the board was completely missing, whether it be by some kind of wild animal, human intruder, or even by the hand of a spectral being. All he could say for sure was that it was something. Something in the house. <laughs>